This is Coda Radio, episode 301, for March 19th, 2018. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Coder Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and its related technologies. This episode is brought to you by our two great sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Academy. I'll tell you more about those great sponsors as this here show goes on. Why me? Thanks for asking. My name is Chris, but more importantly, our host, why he's something special on the shores of Florida, it's Mr. Dominic. Hello, Mike. Welcome, Chris, to the new era of Coda Radio. <laughs> you always got to really come in hard on that intro, right? Like the, like you just got to come in hard and Listen, make sure everybody's I, got their uh, earphones adjusted to the uh, proper volume. <laughs> I have watched enough Vietnam movies to know you always go in hot. Yeah, like, that's true. That's true. Always. And you know what? You you stick to it. You are a consistent man. Well, it's good to be with you on the side of on the other side of three hundred. You know what? I feel There's like we were nothing, just doing this. I feel like we just. I'm, I feel like we just did this like, like a couple of days. Well, St. Patrick's Day was a void. Actually, I, I have to say something. Oh yeah, because I've noticed, and I did not prep you for this, so this is another one of my curveballs. I have gained some sort of reputation for being a fan of the libations. I'm, I'm sorry. Could you be more specific? Uh, gin, beer, scotch. Oh, the, it oh, would take if, oh, if we I, listed them all, it would take too long. Uh huh. I spent this St. Patrick's Day completely sober because my poor wife got sick through not drinking, but through the evils that is having a son that doesn't let us sleep for 72 hours in a row. You got to be tactical with your drinking. And when when one of your offspring is sick, you've got to avoid uh, bringing the body down because then it gets you more vulnerable to their um, to their. general plague-like structure i I just eagle-eyed listeners will know i've been drinking tea for the last month on the show because kids are basically plague rats that's true and i got three of them so let me tell you uh right as we wrap up one the next i don't know how you were alive like (sighs) the oldest is sick again you know uh, case started they gotta down. be sick. My, I, I have one, and he's sick at least a week a month. It's, um, it's, it's amazing. Twenty five percent of the year, this kid is sick. I don't remember being like this when I was in school. I don't remember getting sick that much, to be honest with you. Well, when you and I were kids in the Soviet Union, um, we weren't allowed to be sick, right? Uncle right. Joe Stalin would kick our ass. Like, yeah, we had. Well, we had two things: the trains ran on time, and uh, everybody got exactly. their cough syrup. That was the two things. And everything was licensed under the GPL because we were communists. <laughs> so we've got some uh, some feedback emails that came in over at uh, coder.show slash contact. And what? you've got you, what? I've uh, got a problem. Yeah, you've got a you've got a thing like an airing okay. that needs to happen right here so, towards the top of the show. So. Listeners know that I love System76. You might be a, might I a am, super fan, perhaps. I am a super fan. And and I will, full disclosure, I do have a small business arrangement with uh, Ryan Sipes, formerly of System76, going on right now, which has nothing to do with them, everything to do with the Madbotter. He's doing some uh, PR for us. What I don't love is their new marketing tactic. Because I had a plan, and it was going to be a secret, and it was going to be great, Chris. I was going to do a John Gruber detailed style review of Pop! OS 1804. 
And then I got a notification in my Google notifications that Pop OS 1804 testing ISO. That's all I got. I looked, I'm searching for this ISO. Someone felt it would be a good idea to write a blog post that an ISO was coming quote unquote soon. Let me help you. Never do that. Give a date, give a download, or give nothing. And nothing is the best answer. I understand why you don't want to commit to a date. I am so annoyed by this blog post. It's unbelievable. So can like, you tell I, me what happened? Tell me what happened, brother, because I'm not well, familiar well, with so, what blog post you're talking about. Oh, I well, it's if you just go to blog, but Simpson 76 okay. is the current one. Okay. But we can we can find a link for the show notes later. Okay. Um, my, my issue is that, like, I love their concept of a OS for creators, developers, IoT, roboticists, all that kind of thing, right? I have been having people install Pop! OS here at the Mad Botter. So I have... I have two interests in this. One, I want to make sure if there's any training curve that I can get ahead of that, right? Because that's, you know, that's a productivity hit. And two, I think someone needs to do these in-depth reviews, and I figure, why not me? Given that, you know, System76, Pop! OS has gotten a sort of beige reception, I figure I'm more friendly. Let me do the review, and maybe that can be a good thing for the community. But like, I, it's hard, right? Like we all love Ryan Sipes. I mean, you might want to punch him in the face, but it's just his face. I love you, Ryan. Um, it, it, yeah, I mean, it could be I don't his know that, You don't want to, you don't, that's, that's going well, too far. He hasn't done anything. Like, I mean, he does, that. He, he used to have a bad habit of dressing like a, let's just say questionable magician. Oh, that's a long story. The new community manager, who I, I hear is a nice guy I have never spoken to. I've met him on a couple of occasions, just actually okay. uh, while I was at scale. I had a couple of conversations and, with him. And I want to be fair, because I don't like making things personal. Like, I don't always do, like, the, the blogging for the Mad Botter, right? Sometimes other people do that. I always do my own blogging at DominicM.com. But it's it's not true that I do 100% of the Mad Botter's blogging. So maybe like the community manager doesn't, I don't, I don't know what the corporate structure is over there. Maybe they don't do it, but like sending a blog talking about an ISO that's quote unquote coming soon is like saying to your dog, I will feed you quote unquote soon TM. Wow. Right? Like that. Wow. You are really fired up about this. I'm a little annoyed by this because it's obvious clickbait and like I really controversy time i feel like system 76 is the apple of the linux community or that's what they ought to be with all the positive i'm talking like 90s apple positive connotations late 90s hmm. so like don't do really like scumbag marketing moves to get clicks if well, you have an iso give it to me if you don't have it then don't isn't but don't talk about it but isn't right? really like, isn't pop os i mean isn't maybe pop os more about branding and positioning um, system no, 76 it. a marketing thing. Yeah. Right. That listen, my hope is that pop OS. I have a dream, Chris, that one day I can just order machines from system 76 that are completely stable with mm -hmm. pop OS mm -hmm. and I have nothing to think about. Right. That is, you know what? The customer service people can use them. QA people can use them and yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's just out. You open up out of the box and it's pretty much good to go. How is that different than say Ubuntu 1804 LTS though? 
Uh, it's different because I'm talking about pre-installed. I mean. Oh, okay. Okay. I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So that's part of I mean, it is you want a vendor that yeah supports it and you want somebody you can I call up on the phone when you have a problem. That I can yell at. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. What, I yeah. what, I, what I don't want is like this odd focus on marketing, which why would you tell me an ISO is coming soon if not to hype and get clicks? Well, right. That is exactly why. 100%. You could just give me an ISO. And I don't mean me personally. I mean everyone, right? This isn't like Mike is mad he didn't get an early with this life. So this is Mike is mad because I thought they were better than this. And I feel bad because like I've met them and I, I like Carl and I know all of them. But like if this is the direction you're taking your marketing, reevaluate. Well, I think you've got a good idea. Uh, and, and listen, Ryan was no shrinking violet, right? Like, <laughs> Well, you know, I think... It was not, it, I think your idea, taking like a really detailed approach to the review. Um, well, John Gruber, right? Our, I want an, I'm, I plan to do an Ars Technica style review. Yeah. What I don't want is for shit like this. So I get an ISO and they say, well, it's actually not done. And in six months, it's going to be different. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, maybe you ought to talk to him about it and tell him, you know, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Uh, yeah, but I'm from New Jersey and this was the meanest, most aggressive way I could do sure, it. Sure. Sure. I mean, that might get their attention, but I mean, that might be a way to go about it. Is, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Um, I wonder too, I wonder, I, I wonder what the, I wonder if there's a big difference in the experience on laptop versus desktop. I doubt it. But, um, you know, if it's going to be a serious distri- distribution for getting work done, it, it could kind of use something like that to get people talking about it. So it's not a bad idea. No, I, I think it's good for everybody. I think what happened here is somebody did some really good, you know, blog post title, SEO optimization and adding this extraneous clause to the sentence was a was a good way to really juice the post. Right? Like, <laughs> you you like know that, what, that's my, what happened when I when I uh, when I get the treat bag out and I open it up and I grab one of those things out and if I don't if the, the dog if I don't like reward the dog he's like well what are you doing he gives me a look like come on you know right. better than that to tease me like that come on <laughs> angry dogs are you ready. Yeah. Shree, we're angry dogs. <laughs> Just letting you know. Um, all right. So we got a couple of emails that came into the show. Uh, let's start there. I did find that blog post, so I'll try to remember. I think I already closed it like a jerk. Um but I did. I did find. It. If you just look for go, go, you can go search for System seventy six Pop OS blog. Uh, the first one comes in from Matthew, and he has a question about. It's, it's sort of an interesting way to look at this. What are your opinions about manufacturers hiding a slew of instructions inside their chipsets? I know after this, all this talk went viral with the recent exploits and you know things like Meltdown, Inspector. It's just been a news wildfire. But it also shows how far back these unknown machine instructions have been existing. I'm curious on your opinion of manufacturers hiding their instructions and whether those should be documented. Another, I'll just throw another example is the Intel management chips that are running their own operating system. Like they have a full-fledged TCP IP stack and a kernel, and uh, it's a full operating system that's running on these little management chips. And uh, you have your baseband. Here's another example in your cell phone. A lot of people say that's essentially its own independent operating system. We, um, We even have adapters from Apple, right? Those lightning adapters that actually have like video conversion chips in the lightning plug. Like they've put a little teeny tiny ARM computer inside the lightning plug. And it does a H.264 conversion um, uh, out to analog video. Uh, it, it just it's remarkable where we have these things embedded now. Uh, I don't have strong thoughts on it because it's been this way, as he points out, since the 90s. 
Um, it's not like it's totally new information. Wait a minute. People do bad things for profit? Was it bad, though? Holy I mean, shit, Chris. How yeah, else no, are you going to pull this in off? The, in this case, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, it has it has led yeah. to a lot of... <laughs> The thing that the thing Any, to do it responsibly would have been you don't ship it until you have a way to update it and keep it secure. But uh, I'm sorry, I got confused. Are we talking about processor instructions or Android? Oh, oh, shit. oh shoot! There we go. So uh, Aaron writes in. Just wanted to say I love the updates to the show, specifically the chapter markers, which makes it easy to use in Pocket Cast. Yeah, we've got a few people that said they're loving that. Uh, Mike, I work for a small dev shop in Boulder, Colorado, uh, probably not unlike your company. In the past many shows, you've been concisely describing a number of ideas that I've had rolling around in my head that I haven't been able to articulate very well myself. Um, he goes on to say, uh, whether it be testing, staffing, serverless, MacBook Pros, etc., I think you've been spot on. It's been fun to get some clarity on the ideas I've been wrestling with. Cheers, longtime listener of Coda Radio and Jupiter Broadcasting in general. Well, uh, thank you, Aaron. It's nice to hear from somebody that's fabulous been... email. So I, I love it. Speaking of the hardware, can we do a little hardware update? And I saw this weekend that you tweeted out you were doing some sort of firmware update to your Galago Pro. We probably should have included this right. earlier, but how did that go? Did that solve your power and fan problems? Because we had a couple of people write in that were curious if the battery life improved and your fans were less loud, I guess. I don't remember. Really so... I think it may, so the note in the firmware update for this one was that it would improve the battery discharge issue, which I think is a diplomatic way to say the battery life might suck a little less. I don't honestly know if that's true because I just did it on Sunday sure, yeah. or Saturday and it's currently Monday, right? And I, I mostly run in, uh, uh, you know, plugged in with hook to a monitor. I will say that I think the fan spins up less, which I've, I've done. This is the third firmware update on the Galago. And each time the fan has gotten progressively less aggressive. I don't know exactly what that means. Um, I'm worried they may just be throttling the CPU to do that. Hmm. But I have no proof of that. And I, I am still relatively happy with my Galago Pro. I do need more battery life to make it a effective travel laptop. Yeah. Yep. The uh, yeah that that limbo continues. I know. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know what? Let's uh, let's talk about Linux Academy for a moment. If you've okay. been limbo for a little bit, consider Linux Academy. This could be your next step. LinuxAcademy.com/coders. That's where you go to sign up for a free seven-day trial, and you support the show. LinuxAcademy.com/coders. Advanced training tools that increase your skills and encourage critical thinking with hands-on scenarios and labs. They spin them up on demand as you need them. Linux Academy is a full-featured training library with everything you need to learn new skills and advance your career. It's everything from the ground up to the cloud services down to the tools that run the operating system. I love the fact that they have instructor mentoring too. This really shows you that Linux Academy puts this stuff first. It's not one of the things they do. It's what they do. Linux. Linux Academy hires full-time instructors, real humans that are happy to advise and answer questions. And if you're ready to just go down a path, they have Learning Paths, which is a series of courses and content planned by instructors for specific career tracks. And if you need to practice before you go take the big exam, they have practice exams and quizzes that help prepare you for certifications and help test what you've learned. And of course, they have courses created specifically to prepare you to go take the certification exams, as well as in-depth 
uh, nuggets is what they call them, in-depth courses, they call them nuggets, on specific topics. So you've got an hour to learn something tonight, you can just do a nugget. Or you go down the deep courseware, and they'll help break, itemize it all out, break it out into hours, tell you how long it's going to take. It really helps me wrap my head around it all. Linuxacademy.com slash coders. As well as study guides and downloadable comprehensive resources and lesson audio, iOS and Android apps, and their course scheduler. It makes it possible to work with your busy schedule. Support the show and get a seven-day free trial by going to linuxacademy.com slash coders. linuxacademy.com slash coders coders and a big thank you to linux academy for sponsoring the coder radio program linuxacademy.com slash coders mike i slip this one into the show notes right before you connected there's two big announcements this week that happened about five hours ago as we record this episode the first one is they're both around gaming which we don't talk a lot about um, and they're not games themselves, but the backend services for game developers to use. Amazon has a new API that they're announcing called Game On, and it helps developers add like eSport competitions and rallies and leaderboards to their application. They provide all the backend infrastructure, but it's got a really unique Amazon twist on it. So picture it. It's Sicily, 1983, and you're working on the next big app and you want something like a race feature or whatever, and you use Amazon's backend infrastructure for it because it's powered by AWS, so you know it's going to be pretty solid. But fittingly for Amazon, there's also a product fulfillment aspect to the new API. So competition organizers like developers or people that are running the games can offer up real-world prizes to players, assuming it's available on Amazon.com, and then Amazon will handle the process of getting it to the winner. So the developers don't have to deal with any of that intermediary stuff. So say you want to send somebody gaming gla- goggles or, uh, you know, a, a new gaming keyboard as a, as a, as a, as a reward for maybe, maybe being the champion for a weekend tournament. You just now will just be able to present the winner with a box. They, top, they tap that, the window opens up to the Amazon page, they log into their Amazon account, click a box and the next box to accept the prize and they're done. The prize is on its way. The developer never had to touch any of that. Uh, competitions, as, as far as the API go, could be open to all. They can be locked down on regional basis, even tightly GPS restricted. GameOn is, of course, built on top of AWS. It's designed to work cross-platform. Uh, as long as your game is um, available to make API calls to the internet, you can use it. It'd be at mobile, console, desktop. It should all work just fine, Amazon says. And they've tested it with uh, some games already. Now, at the same time, Mike, check this out. Facebook also making a play three hours ago. Three hours ago, just a little bit after Amazon's announcement, Facebook announces that they are going to integrate an API into games for developers that will allow them to live broadcast their game into the Facebook news feed. And Facebook will also offer a reward system to reward fans who watch by providing in-game items or bonuses. And Facebook is positioning this as a potential to let your video streams have viral growth and perhaps sell more copies of the game when you see it in your Facebook newsfeed and you can have a little link to the game in there. Facebook's going to provide an SDK to make all of this work. It'll be one-click broadcast for the gamer, and then on the on the newsfeed, it will have the game, it'll be for somebody that you know, and it'll also have a little link to buy that game. And then you can also have in-game rewards that are rewarded via Facebook. How about Holy that? crap, it's Godzilla versus Mothma. They're, I mean, they're, isn't it interesting that f- just within hours of each other, they announced these big SDKs and APIs and all of this for video games, and it's both of them are targeted at desktops or mobile. 
So, you know, as I was muted and you were reading about Facebook having this too, all that came into my head was the 90s Mortal Kombat movie, the kid screaming, Mortal Kombat! I could see Zuck and uh, Bezos, although I think Bezos is going to take them apart. I mean, <laughs> oh, never mind. Yeah, I, you know what? I know what you mean. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about David versus versus Goliath. And I was... Boom. I was wondering... David. I was I like wondering, it. did you um, did you pick this topic because of my yet announced situation, or uh, is this unrelated to the situation that I talked about you privately with on Slack? I don't remember what that situation is. Well, there, there's going to be changes here at Jupiter Broadcasting very soon, and it sort of puts JB at this precipice where I decide, do I want to be a company with lots of employees and you know, be large by lots in my definition would be like 15 or do, yeah, no, I, so I, I, or do I want to be a no. small, do I want to be a small lean, like one or two person shop that stays small on purpose? Yeah. So I completely was thinking of myself. Okay. Well this, we, you, you and I, you and I would you like to talk about, right. Would you like to discuss the JB thing? Um, you know, I'll, I'll say is I'll just say this. Oh, we're going to make, we're going to make a formal announcement soon. Uh, but uh, Rikai gave his notice at the beginning of the month uh, that at the end of the month he would be quitting to do Twitch streaming full time, um, and which you can find at rec.net if you want to follow him. And um, so we've been transitioning for the last few weeks and, and episode 300 ha- happened to fall during this transition. So it got lots of nice new podcast features because it, it came right during the cycle of cleaning house on the back end. And so we've been preparing for this for a few weeks. Uh, I don't want to take too much thunder away from him because he's going to come on user error or Linux unplugged or something. and We'll do a proper going away. Um, but it's it has it's sort of been good for me in a way because when I have employees, then it's sort of predetermined that I'm going to be a shop that at least has employees, maybe has several employees, has some producers, has all these people, you know, editors, like that's the size of the company. But I have found that to be restrictive in some ways and uh, prevents me from making um, certain decisions. So I've also fantasized about having just a small operation that still has some scale, still has contractors working with us, a couple of people behind the scenes, but, you know, is tight and nimble and is sustainable, sustainable um, in a way that doesn't exhaust me and in a way that doesn't uh, crush me with cost. And I've been stuck at this precipice of how do I accomplish that when I have... NPRs out there now that are producing pretty great stuff. Red Hat, I'm not sure I love the show, but now Red Hat's in the business of making podcasts. Like this is starting to become an area where people can just have like the New York Times has a daily news show and they have 15 people working on just that one show. Just one show has 15 people, one guy to go get quotes, one gal to go get music, one person to do research. Like it's just 15 people for that one show. And I'm talking about doing eight shows a week, seven or eight shows a week with really one or two people behind the scenes, having worked with our, you know, working with our hosts and working with our contract producers and stuff. But I'm trying to decide, can I be a small, high quality shop that is proud of what it produces? that can remain competitive with the large podcast networks that are, are now are now setting up because they have a they have a, a presence in traditional broadcast. It's like this. It's a it's a huge type yeah. of competition because fundamentally we're all competing for people's time. People only have so much time in the week to listen to podcasts. Right. 
Right. So, so it, it is funny. We are really on a parallel road here, right? I put in our doc today um, as a potential title, being David, right? And I put the segment as staying small, David V. Goliath. Um, I have been on a similar journey. I think we've hinted this in the show, right? Where, you know, my business has gone through its ups and its downs and its downs and its ups. And most of that was some mistakes on my part. But like, as the mobile market matured, bigger players got into the game, right? And, you know, I I, I talked about uh, on 300, which was just Thursday now, about when I first opened up the first time, it was me and two other companies, I'm using in quotes, little LLCs or S-Corps in New Jersey that were the mobile developers, right? That looked very much like me in terms of like capital, i.e. none, structure, process, you know, all of that stuff. Um, In fact, the reason I wrote the show notes the way I did today was over time, you know, I think we've talked a lot about this a lot for me on the show where I've had to compete with competition that I don't understand, right? Like the Goliaths to my David. So the big marketing companies who decided they were just going like, <laughs> to throw money at the mobile problem and mobile <clears throat> development would be a loss leader for them, right? Because they're really selling ad services and ad buys and all that stuff. Which, yeah, boy, that's true for my industry too with some of these uh, large podcasts. Right. Or, you know, I don't mean to exclude one nationality, but but frankly, Indian companies who, if I say $10, they say five, right? They can basically do a project at less than my cost because I have one of my core values is I only hire U.S. people. Um, and that's for practical, but also non-practical reasons too, right? So it it puts me in a position of, always fighting the bigger man. And then, and then there's the other side of it where, you know, the thought bots of the world do in some level compete with me, but for me to win, the client must not be able to afford thought bot, right? Like that's, that's the answer. Um, it is, I cannot, I've been doing this for 10 years. I can't think of a case where I beat them and they're more expensive, right? So, I would, I would, and for good reason. I mean, not that we do bad work, but they're bigger, right? And and they're the Goliath to my David. And I don't mean to single them out because there's lots of Goliaths, right? There's hell. There's Pivotal. There's hell. McKinsey and Company is starting a consulting tech wing, hmm. right? Hmm. Which is an, a, a goddamn nightmare to me. PwC has one too. Like I, all right. Can I just open the kimono here? Let's do it. This is always bad for me, but good for the show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Last night, me and my uh, my man Dave, who's you know my my uh, CTO, got into a conversation around ten at night about you know we have this role open we call the customer champion. It is a blend between a QA engineer and an account rep. Hmm, okay, and we have tried to hire for this role a number of times over the years, um, and we've always found that the minute we hire a salesperson or a support person, anyone who's not like a direct billable, like we don't have to tell the client it's not a developer, triggers some sort of downturn. On the other hand, we have... Hmm. What do you mean by that? Some client... What, what do I what mean by... Triggers a downturn. Triggers a downturn in your company? 
Well, see, we're we're very we're like Jupiter Broadcasting, right? We're a very small business. We are a cash operation. So what happens is we have no line of credit, no access to capital. If there should be a difference between an invoice or, a, or more importantly, the cost on a project versus the revenue, right? Sure. So I want to be careful how I phrase this. We have been. Okay. Originally, I had a very traditional agency mindset, right? I had a room of customer service people way back when, um, even before we did the show, which, you know, according to the people who email us is when the dinosaurs roamed, Chris. (laughs) And we were very customer support heavy, which... Because of things that happened that you can look at DominicM.com, the archives, I decided it was actually like the wrong focus. We ought to be, you know, this is the fundamental thing. Like I always cringe when I say digital agency because I fucking hate those guys. I'm sorry, but like I just can't stand them Mm. because I'm not in the same business as them. We're an engineering company. And the problem is people want to pay us as though we were a digital agency. Right. And like we even made a product for digital agencies, but I have a lot of empathy for them. But being a digital agency sucks. Yeah. I mean, they make no money and I'm using the word they because really most of my revenue comes from pure engineering work now. All the like agent, all the agency stuff we just don't do. Right. We don't do app store optimization. We don't do SEO. We don't do you know, any of the aftermarket services one might expect because they're just not profitable. And, you know, I made the decision in 2015 that that entrepreneurial, that consumer-facing business was just awful for us. Mm. And I made that decision based on a CPA writing up, you know, a three-year audit saying, hey, you've made no money on all these projects. And it's these few enterprise projects that actually carried you through, right? So it's not a business I want to be in. The problem is to be a pure engineering company we have found or I have found is really hard when you're a team of, you know, right now we're down to four people, but let's say four to 10 people. Because people don't see you that way, right? Um, And you, you get into strange situations. Like, I, I don't even know what angle you want to take. I know I have a bunch of stuff in the notes, but like, let, let, me, let me take the simplest angle. Let's say big dev shop in Boston gets a lead and we get the lead. We lose every time because they can afford to have an engineer be the salesperson on that job. Hmm. We simply can't afford that, right? Like our margins are not such that that can happen. So what happens is I'm the sales guy but I have other commitments. I myself am on a staff hog job, right? There is a ton of, there's a ton of disadvantages to being David in this equation. Yeah. 
And I'll let you interject here if you have any parallels or. So one of the things that I've reflected on is I think you have to stay super nimble in a way that small businesses have never had to really wrap their head around. There is a way of doing business on the internet that is way faster paced than any sort of traditional brick and mortar business. It sounds cliche to say it, but until you live it, you can't even really visualize it. Uh, it, it your entire business sometimes can have to change on a day. Um, and the, the more structure you have around a business, the slower it turns. And, um, that's definitely, that's definitely become the case for my business is it went from something that, uh, wasn't really all that important in terms of like my income or, uh, how it impacts my day to day and, uh, didn't have very many people dependent on it for their income or how it impacted their day to day. And, you know, you could, you could really yank the wheel and just go a totally different route. Uh, no more Linux action show. We're doing the computer action show. And, uh, oh, that was horrible. Okay. We're doing the Linux action show again. And you can, you can make these crazy kind of just over the top decisions that allow you to sort of really stay nimble and try something and experiment in the market. And then even maybe fail a bit without significant, um, ramifications. As the business becomes more key to my income, now it's my sole source of income, and there's several people who work for us where it's their sole source of income, um, it, it is way less um, appropriate to take risks like that. It also means it's harder to implement new things or shift direction because you have certain things that are the way you make money. You know, you certain shows are the shows that make money, and so there's that's where the attention, the time, the focus, the resources goes. Just like certain development projects with certain clients are the ones that actually pay the bills. So that's by its very nature because the business must survive where the majority of the blood flows. Um, and so okay. when I've been looking at, when I've been looking at, well, do I want to replace him with another employee? Do I want to, you know, do I maybe want to reduce in other places? Like, to be honest, it's appealing to me. It's appealing to me because it just needs to be, um, it doesn't have to be a huge podcast enterprise. It just needs to be what people usually casually call a lifestyle business where I can just live right. contently. Right. So, th so, so yes. So like this is. This is exactly the line of thinking we ended up on last night. Uh, the gentleman's name is Dave. You've, if you've listened to the show, you know about Dave. So, like, what does it mean? So, so you hit my point, too, right? What does it mean to be small and stay small? And you said it, right? It's a lifestyle business. It's being big enough to do the job correctly. But not but too I, big I, that I, you can't respond or move. Well, not, or so I, th I think a problem is... You know, we have partners that want us to grow, but no one's willing to. Growth is actually dangerous, right? In a lot of, I, I, I'm curious if you feel this too, right? As a business owner, like growth is where the business owner takes on risk. Every hmm. time we've grown has when I have been at my most exposed, my most at risk. Because hmm. you end up not being able, maybe it's different in podcasting, but I know for dev shops, like, you know, we can't say no to this questionable deal. Um, hmm. mm, we have to take it because we just hired three people. You know, right? I know that definitely like, does happen. A, a podcaster that I know is currently running uh, ads that he swore he would never, ever, ever do because... Um, like they crossed a certain line and um, he's doing them now because he just hired more people. Exact same thing. 
it's, yeah, it's been in my the, back. It's been the background of my thought process. Well, I, ha- I have to say, right, ATP running like Black Rockets was quite interesting. Yeah, or Blackwater rather. Like it, it's, uh, and I, I love ATP. I'm not trying to criticize Marco, although I've done it in the past. It, it, it's scale is in a way a curse. I think. Hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I have this commitment to like having people on payroll, and that is very expensive when you don't have financing options because they have to get paid every two weeks. Yes. Come what may, right? (laughs) Client stiffs you. I have one client who pays us when he feels like it. And I just have to like account for that or fire him as a client, right? Like this is, this is just not a good way to be. And you know, you're dealing with all these Goliaths, these, I'm sure in your case, right? Twits relay, right? Like I'm sure, you know, I don't, I don't think Relay is really bigger than you, but Twit, definitely bigger than you. NPR, Wall Street Journal. Yeah, I have yeah. ThoughtBot, Pivotal, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's really mostly ThoughtBot, though, that keeps me up at night, to be completely honest with you. So I have a choice, right? I think you are David. I'm David. Look, I am. I'm a little Jewish guy. I'm right here. Here's the giant. What do I do with Goliath in front of me? Do I, A, follow the Bible, take my slingshot out, and take a shot at him? Do I B, avoid him? Do I run away? Right? Running is an option. Or do I try to make a deal with Goliath? Right? Can you, can you partner with Goliath? And I think this is a great place for an ad. All right. That's a good question. Can you, wow. Hmm. All right. I'm going to think about that while I tell you about our friends over at DigitalOcean. Go over to, Di- actually, no, don't. I mean, do, but go to this URL, do.co slash coder. For a limited time, you can sign up with a $100 credit at DigitalOcean. You can really rock that. So go to do.co slash coder to get that. It's simplicity at scale. They have wicked fast infrastructure. Everything is SSD based from the three cents an hour rig, which I love, or the $5 a month rig, all the way up to the ones that have hundreds of gigs of RAM or massive, massive disks, or their spaces, which is amazing, or block storage, also great, also SSDs, and you can get started in less than 55 seconds. They have data centers all over the world. They get out of your way so you can just start building and deploy applications. And if you want to deploy something that's completely built, like with an Ubuntu LTS base or a CentOS or Debian base and a Docker container and all of the things you need between done, they have lots of great choices for that. And if you want to build it yourself, even using FreeBSD, if you like, you can also do that. Just start by going to do.co slash coder. And now DigitalOcean is rolling out flexible droplets. For $15 a month, you can mix and match resources depending on what your application needs. Love that. Do.co slash coder to take advantage of that. And once you go there, check out some of the great free open source tools that have been built around the DigitalOcean API. So that's what happens, you know, when DigitalOcean rolls out features, it's all in the API, it's all clearly documented, easy to understand, so you have a great community of builders that are creating applications around it. This one, I thought, was particularly great if you wanted to speed up a WordPress site. DigitalOcean Spaces Sync. This is a WordPress plugin that will sync your media library in WordPress to a DigitalOcean Spaces container to really speed it up to make that page load faster to help with your google page rank this is a great way to go 
It's a free plugin built around the DigitalOcean API, digitalocean.com, do.co slash coder. And a big thank you to DigitalOcean for sponsoring the Coder Radio program, do.co slash coder. Hey, you know, uh, before we go on, too, should we just uh, do a, a one quick plug skis? We have the Coder Radio 300 swag and merch, uh, teespring.com slash coder 300 for the t-shirt or the hoodie in multiple colors. Man, that, that hoodie is like... Oh man, look at that blue. That is that is a handsome looking hoodie. That 300 logo really pops on there. And of course the t-shirt, it is getting warmer out sooner. So maybe go grab yourself a t-shirt. We've also got the coder coasters, uh, which people are loving. You can get them for $1.50 a coaster. And I think they come in like six packs. Um, go get, grab a few. These will be going on for a little bit. We'll have links in the show notes because it's a Zazzle URL. Uh, we have, I have some right here. Love them. Coder coasters. And then one, I don't, we have, uh, oh, we have the poster. We have the poster. The poster too. I was going to say, Ansh just sent me the poster. That yeah. is a fine looking poster, Chris. Oh, you got it. You got the poster. Uh, that, well, she just sent it oh, to the, me, but she yeah. sent me a proof of it first. Yes. It, it's, uh, yeah, I've, yes, I have yeah. seen it and it is a great poster. I love it. So we'll have links to all that, the shirt, the hoodie, the coaster and the poster in the show notes to celebrate 300. Now we're on the, other, we're on the other side of it. We're on 301. Doesn't it feel weird? So can you team up with Goliath? Is that a thing you can actually do? Is that even an option? I didn't think that was so, actually a possibility. So I have been facing Goliaths of a varied sort, right? And I and I do apologize to Thoughtbot because I keep using them. But the reason I use them as an example is they're well-known. And frankly, there's nothing I can do that would hurt them. So competing with them was basically suicide. Because going toe-to-toe with Thoughtbot on Rails development was like going toe-to-toe with Evander Holyfield on you know, fast maneuverable boxing wasn't good. <laughs> it was uh, just, not a good idea. No, the only the, the only thing I had was price, right? Like competing on them with price was a different ball game. Hmm. Um, or location, right there in Boston. At the time, they had no New York office. Then they had a New York office, and that was less good. Avoidance. You can avoid Goliath. You absolutely can. Let's take again. I'm using my, my myself as an example, but we can use Chris in a second. Just to be fair, um, I could just simply not sell rail services. Thoughtbot doesn't do much beyond that. They do a little bit of mobile, but they insist on native, so I could do cross-platform, right? These are all, if you've listened to the show for a long time, you'll notice these are all things I've done. Um, Chris has a, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is it fair to say that you have a Linux focus, which like Twit doesn't? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Right. So, like, I feel the show being super Mac-focused is not beneficial, even though we were first, by the way. Mm. Um does not help us because the Mac people got wise and they stepped up to the plate. They got right? plenty of shows, plenty of shows. Ple- you know, I listen to a lot of them. They all agree with each other. They're, they're just the same show over and over. Yeah, I, I've yeah. been unsubscribing like a champion because it's it's getting <laughs> like I, I I don't understand how there. This is a side note. How could there be this much consensus in the Mac community? Because like I use a Mac quite frequently, and I can tell you. There are things that are not good, guys, and it's a yeah. little, and it's ju- not just the keyboard. I know we all agree that the keyboard's crap, but there's like a, right. like a lot of communities. My response to that is they have a very very active discussion within a narrow spectrum of the overall available conversation. Right, like 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 let's just take the top of the show. I have been accused in the past of being a System76 fanboy, and you know what? I am. I like what they're doing. I like the people. I think they're good people doing good work. But I, you know, they send me review units. They ask me to come to Superfan. Fine. They think I should, you know, they see me as more of a press person than I think I am. 
but then I'm going to tell the truth of what I actually think, right? I, I feel no loyalty to like lie to them. In fact, I would argue that like if you are an Apple fan or a Dell fan or a System76 fan and you're just like sugarcoating stuff, you're afraid to say what is what you think or the truth on a platform, then you are actually disservicing them, right? Criticism is good, right? Like I, I do read the comments. I ignore the trolley ones, but like, you know what? I think I should get a shield for my sound quality for the show, right? Like, don't you, don't you feel that way, Chris? Like valid criticism is actually a favor. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I agree. And healthy. It's healthy for an ecosystem. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I was just, uh, you know, I'm getting to the end of season one for tech talk today. Just ran that as a little experiment asking, you know, if we do a season two, what do people want? And some of the changes people want aren't ones that I'm, I'm like, Oh really? Okay. But then I think about it and go, okay, that's what they want. Then that makes sense why they want that. Uh, that's what the market wants. And so I, I don't really, uh, nothing is so perfect of my own that it can't be criticized. You know, I mean, it's like, I listen, I've written infinite loops, right? Like it's, everybody makes mistakes. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So can you partner with Goliath? I want to say not really. Yeah. I have tried yeah. several times. Right. Um, and I, I actually don't know if you've tried. Do you want to jump in here or do you want me to take it? Um, boy, you know, it's uh, tried is an interesting. Wow, there has been back and forth conversations like between us and Twit over the years. Um, and they sometimes are fruitful and sometimes they sort of get lost just sort of being passed around between people or whatever. And I don't have a big appetite for that either. So I don't know. It's really a challenge of getting on their radar before they'll be willing to talk to you. So, um, and they're in a different, they're in kind of a different category, not Twit, but like say NPR, they're kind of in a different um, layer. Well, their business is fundamentally different, right? I would say, I would say Twit is more like you than NPR. Yeah. 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 Right. For sure. I mean, well, NPR is also not profit. I mean, they're kind of a crappy example, but yeah. um, you know, what I have found is Bigger companies, and I'm not just thinking about, like, in fact, I've never actually spoken to ThoughtBot because I feel like I already know the answer. Um, You know, I've spoken with platform vendors, and if you listen to the back catalog, you might know who I'm talking about. They always say the right things in the meeting, right? They promise a lot of stuff, but then when you hit the mat, you know, we used to be 14 people. And I tried to call on a partner of ours to help when we had a slight downturn. And they basically said, well, technically we didn't sign the paperwork and no, mm. right? Mm. And that has, like, I've, I've tried to put that behind me. But the reality is, like, at the end of the day, you're going to, uh, I don't know if you're an old music fan, but the Eagles, Duel and Dalton, you're, you're, you're going to that shootout at high noon alone, <laughs> right, if you own a small business. And yes, it's weird. Like, I have partnered with other small businesses, and you know what? That has been good. Partnering with the big guys, like the insert blank contracting company that has lots of Google ads. If you ever search mobile development and Google or insert platform vendor that is a fan of certain sharp languages, they're always there until you need them. Because what you really need as a small business is we had a downturn. We had an unexpected cancellation. You said you could funnel me clients. I need a deal and I need it, you know, within 90 days. Well, actually you don't qualify. Right. Like there's always like 
some sort of issue. And maybe it's as simple as like, we took your show out of the featured section because you said something bad about us all at Apple. <laughs> or maybe it's a certain company who now preaches about empathy in a book that was way too early to be written because really they are who they've always been. And Brian Lunduke is right. Um, I don't know. Right. Like, I don't want to call people to task. I just want to say that my experience dealing with the big companies, they say all the right things. They will buy you a very nice lunch. And let me tell you, run up that bar tab because that's what you're going to get. Like, yeah. Uh, other than that, you know, maybe you get a couple of glasses of Johnny Black. But when you're on the mattresses, when you have a client that can't pay or doesn't pay or you need, and this is probably particular to engineering shops, when you need them to, all right, you told me for a year now, you've been telling me you could funnel me work. Well, actually, we sent it to this offshore shop. Sorry. And there's nothing you can do about that. Mm-hmm. It's like the so, scorpion that rides on the back. <clears throat> it's the, well, you know, my a good friend of mine's uh, very keen to tell me about the scorpion and the frog whenever I get upset about this stuff. <laughs> a scorpion is a scorpion is a scorpion, right? Doesn't matter. It will always sting you. Um, so my answer to this is no. David can never deal with Goliath. The only way to deal with Goliath is Rocky Balboa. Stick and move. Yeah. Avoid them. You can never partner with them. It's always going to be an abusive relationship. And unless you think you're going into an acquisition scenario, which is different. Um, other than that, yeah, I, I would like to see like a United, like a NATO. And I've talked about this when like, uh, what was it? Uh, that company was suing app developers for patent. I would like to see a NATO of like small development shops where it's like, actually you screwed over 50% of us. So now none of us will deal with mm. it. Right. And we, we will blackball anyone that does. Hmm. It'll never happen because people are dumb and self-interested, but yeah. Yeah. And then somebody will build a business around serving to those people. <laughs> and make Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Mr. Dominic, is there any other parting wisdom you'd like to leave people throughout the week to send them? Maybe they can go forth and learn more about you, what you're doing, where you are at or something like that. Yeah, if you're running out of time to listen to podcasts, go ahead and only listen to JB. There you go. That's good advice right there. That's good advice. Go check out the last couple of episodes of season one of Tech Talk Today, techtalk.today. And, of course, check out the new site, coder.show. Fresh and fancy with links to everything, coder.show slash 301 for links we talked about in this episode. And the new RSS feed is coder.show slash rss and you just plug that into your favorite podcast catcher and get this dang show every single week thank you so much for joining us if you'd like to join us live it's over at jblive.tv we usually do this show here on a monday go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar for that thanks so much for joining us on this week's episode of the coda radio program we'll see you right back here next week <laughs>